Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Is it right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Let's go again. Perfect. COVID-19 is the biggest pandemic facing humanity in more than a century. One year in, and we are still looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. Models and data have played a very crucial role in this response. In this special podcast series, we'll be talking to our fellow researchers from NSAC at the Biocomplexity Institute, University of Virginia. The team has been tirelessly supporting COVID-19 response in the U.S. at the local, state, and federal levels. And in this episode, we'll be talking to Edwina Lang and Christy Hall about the administrative support that's been crucial for our team's pandemic response. Hi, I'm Srini Venkatramanan. And I'm Erin Raymond. Let's go talk to the COVID chaser. Hello, I'm Edwina Lamb, Senior Research Administrator and Manager of the Research Administration Team at BI. I've been with the group over 10 years. I started back at Virginia Tech and worked largely with the uh, Insight Division under uh, Dr. Madoff Marathis, the director. I've been involved in the um, research administration areas of proposal preparation and submission of proposals, as well as receipt of awards and contracts um, for the entire um, Biocomplexity Institute. Hi, my name is Christy Hall. I'm the Senior Advisor for Strategic Projects, and I joined the Biocomplexity Institute about a year ago, so just in time for the pandemic. My job is to help things go smoothly. (laughs) So that could mean anything from taking a look at a procurement contract to make sure that we can use the data in a specific way to... um, you know, participating in weekly calls to understand what's coming down the pike and trying to anticipate, oh, we might run into a problem here, or I better find out more information about what they mean. They need that data from that website, uh, just to try to help facilitate the back-end part of what makes the the institute run. The way I see it, like, I mean, uh, when we when we were trying to see, like, uh, the different groups of people we want to talk to, I think uh, usually people focus on the science aspect, like the, just the uh, people who write the papers or, like, people who are supporting the policymakers. But uh, as I see it, like, I mean, this is equally, if not more important, because this is what keeps the engine running. I see it as, like, the people project and the processes. So like Erin is also part of this uh, particular episode because just keeping this machine running doesn't just mean like keeping the computers running, but making sure all the projects and the people are aligned and we make sure there are no things that we're missing uh, in the frenzy of doing science. So I think, yeah, you've kept us honest and also kept us going. Kept you legal. (laughs) Legal, out of jail is helpful. Yes, yeah. definitely. Not a lot of research going on if we're in jail. True story. So maybe uh, you can uh, touch upon like uh, how you got, I mean, you've been with the group, uh, like Edwin has been with the group for more than a decade and then uh, you've joined just in the last year, but how how has it been over the last year in terms of the COVID response and what, what has been different in terms of supporting the team uh, through that phase? Okay, um, I would say the, the past year has been both very challenging and rewarding. And I think challenging to meet short-term 
goal-specific submissions related to COVID at very short turnaround periods with very specific guidelines that we were not used to. And to learn those for applications took some time to do so. And then also to, during that time period, to also manage the awards that we already had because these could also be affected by COVID doing additional work what amount of time you know, stoppage maybe happened on current awards that had to be reported to sponsors. So there was a lot of juggling on both preparing new ones and managing the current awards. Yeah, there were a lot of no-cost extensions, which to, to listeners who maybe don't know how the grant world works, you apply for a grant, and then there's a start date, and there's an end date. And that's when the funding shuts off. But because the agencies were so aware that people's research was going to have to, you know, be pushed aside for a little bit for something that was more critical, I think they were pretty generous in offering those no-cost extensions. So bumps out the end date a little bit, gave everyone a little more breathing room. Yeah. And for me, um, since it's been a year, this is what I know, right? <laughs> as far as my life at Biocomplexity. Um, you know, I've done a, a lot of different things in my career. And one of the things that I think I have, have always enjoyed is sort of the, we don't know from one day to the next what, what the day will be like. And that's true here at Biocomplexity. And probably more true in the time of COVID. Um, but it's something that uh, I found to be true here and that I actually enjoy. Um, and I think being able to contribute um, in what is a minor way to our response, our COVID response has been personally rewarding and satisfying. And, um, you know, even a year in, like, my mental health is better because I know that what I do every day actually has a very small positive impact. And I, I, I just think that's in the midst of all the challenging things. And I agree with Edwina, short turnaround times and, you know, deadlines coming at you hard and fast is really challenging. But um, having that knowledge that we contribute is super, super helpful. Yeah, definitely. It was rewarding um, when these proposal submissions actually were awarded that provided additional funding to our institute and our researchers to continue with um, the work that they're doing. Yeah, it's validation, right? That, that the work that we're doing is really important, is really valued and is making a difference. And you're absolutely right, Christy. I feel the same way. Um, the silver lining and all the yuckiness, right, is I'm part of a team that is making a real difference, that is, you know, briefing VDH, that is briefing federal government agencies on a regular basis. And they're taking that work and turning it into policies that positively impact everyone. So, yeah, it's um, it makes the it makes the suck a little less. <laughs> Yeah, Erin, yeah, I think you should also weigh in on like how you've been on the, nearly the front line of the battle where like just as the slides or the papers are going out, you're reviewing them and making sure that everything is in uh, good order, but also on the back end, like talking to people, making sure their mental health is fine, just checking in on them every couple of weeks. Uh, so maybe you can talk to some of that also. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I am not a, I have no science background at all. Zero science background, zero computer background. And somehow I've been, you know, accepted into the fold of this group of fabulous, amazing people um, in this team or team environment. And the, the sense of team is critical to the success of the research. And so uh, I've been able to help in my little way, uh, as Christy alluded to, and I think as Edwina feels too. I mean, I feel like what I do is a small thing, but, but it's a critical component of, you know, what, we, what we're outputting. Um, and so during this time of remote work early on, we felt like it was really important to do a mental health check with our people and to make sure at first it started with, do you have all the things that you need to do your job? So do you need a big screen? Do you need a chair that's comfortable? Do you need, you know, that's how it all started. But uh, so Stephen, the deputy director and I met with everybody and then we decided, you know, we should probably check in again, not for their stuff, but for how they're doing. So we started doing these check-ins once a month with the team um, just to, to get a feel for someone whose dog died. Okay. I mean, no, that's not work-related, but, you know, everything is magnified by 10 during this pandemic, right? So if your dog dies, you might have been a little sad before, but now maybe you're inconsolable. And you can't work today. And we need to know that. Um, so those check-ins have been fabulous. I usually ask some random question of people and record it. And then we make little movies that we show. Every Friday, we have a happy hour for the team, um, the confab. And that started as a chance to share the history of the group with everyone, uh, but quickly morphed into what we like to call the how did I get here story. So how did I get to this job in this place? Edwina has given a talk. I don't think Srini's given the memoir talk yet, but he did do a talk on cricket. We asked him to talk about cricket. That was fabulous. Um, but it's those sorts of things that keep the team feeling connected behind the scenes and brings the person back into it. It's not just about the science. And that's so hard to remember, I think, when we're remote, because I am just seeing you on a screen. You're not a real person, You're like on the TV. So um, so for Christine and Winna, how have you how have you tried to bring the, the person in or have you found that to be a challenge? Um, when working with uh, my team, two other members, um, we decided early on that we would meet daily. Uh, each morning at 9.30 with video on Zoom so we could see that we were awake and engaged. So um, that has been very useful. We've done that since early March and continue it still today. And so that's been helpful to keep that um, and with updated assignments and catching up. And so um, I feel in that sense, it's not near the same as in person, but I feel that we are, um, you know, held together by those meetings. And I think for me, uh, so this, this is interesting. I joined BI in March and I was able to attend 
one division meeting <laughs> before we all dispersed. Um, so my con most of my connections with most people in BI to date have been remote. Um, but I do think those, I mean, and I have multiple weekly meetings with various groups and that's been really, really helpful. Um, the other thing, Edwin and I also, you know, we'll just like, you could just call, I could just call Edwin or Golda on Teams and like chit chat about something or text, you know, I'm losing my mind, you know, or whatever it might be. Um, and I think having, even though they're, still not in person and everybody's really looking forward to getting back um they have those even those small connection points have helped and even just knowing i think that you can that there are people that you can reach out to and that they'll respond if you're interested Trini, i have some numbers um as related to our COVID work so um for um calendar year 2020 i broke it out as the COVID-only proposals and awards are as follows. 25 were submitted for over 8.6 million and 14 were awarded that total 7.1 million. So that's like close to an 83% success rate wow. right there. And then um, Christy and I, um, she was heavily involved with non-funded agreements as well related to data use etc to make um some of these awards you know go through yeah almost every week i, I remember like some form or the other going back and forth between different people like <laughs> did we didn't we do this and they're like no no no, this is the other one <laughs> yeah so christy what do you think um has been what's been the most challenging part of of getting the researchers what they need. I mean, I think it's and being able to to understand quickly what's needed. Um, so over time, I feel like I've built a better understanding. But at the beginning, I was like, wait, wait, what was that? You need what? And they're like, oh, this thing on this website. Okay, well, does it have terms and conditions? And they're like, well, I, you know, I just pulled it down. <laughs> Okay, let's take a look. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it must be okay. I could get it off the internet. I'm, you know, so you know, it was. It's it, and also building the just basic. Hey, I'm here. You know, ask me anything. Um, I'm here to help. And so I think, you know, Madov's confidence in me early on helped the group, sort of know that they could go to me with whatever and then we just fix it or we you know get it done however it needs to happen um there's very very few times that we can't get something done um so you know i i think that the, that was the hardest part for me was just sort of getting to understand as quickly as i could what we're doing how we're doing it and anticipating what people might need. Yes, and getting to know the personalities of who you're dealing with is also helpful, for sure. That's very helpful. <laughs> well, I think the overall success of the whole team 
was that um, they had already built many relationships and were cohesive already before such, you know, a pandemic hit. Uh, once a pandemic hit, it wasn't the time to scramble and you know, do this. It was because things were already in place with this group that provided the ability to adjust and move forward. Yes, including with the research support folks. I, I mean, really knowing uh, as we push up against deadline after de like right up to the line, you know, Edwin is saying, I, that has to be turned in by noon and it's 1158 and I'm getting it to do a quick, just read it real quick. It's 27 pages. <laughs> I can't read it real quick and then and edit it in the next two minutes. Um, but I knew Edwina needed it by noon. So a lot of cajoling, but Madov and the rest of the team, knowing that, okay, Edwina, we'll get it to you at noon, you know, and, and Edwina knowing if I tell them noon, it's not going to be to me until noon. Like there's no way it's coming at 11. It's coming at 12 or 12.05. <laughs> That's when it's coming. And so, so having those relationships already built and likewise yeah. that you could turn around and say, look, knucklehead, like, uh, where is my thing? You know, I'm not doing this unless you get it. And you have, there's a certain level of trust that you have to have, right? And, and comfort and knowing that, that they know you, you know them. You would fight to the death to protect them from an outsider, just like your family, right? Yeah, I would say the foundation had been built for all the members. And even if a new member joins and the foundation is built, then um, there's success that follows with that. It's not, it weathers the storm, so to speak. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, just reflecting upon that, uh, what 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 would you think, like, I mean, if we had, I mean, I, I'm sure there were challenges over the last year in terms of, uh, both in terms of technical or re responding in terms of research, but also personally, but uh, what would you think uh, we would have been, I mean, maybe I'll rephrase it. What is one thing that uh, you wish uh, we knew on day one of the pandemic uh, that would have helped us cope with this, like last year, better? Uh, and it could be like, tools, know-how, or generally anything uh, that might have helped in retrospect or what they call hindsight 2020? I think to some degree, it's almost still the same things we wish we knew today. Um, you know, how long is this going to last? What are, how does this affect me, my family, my job? Um, still a lot of unknowns there. Um, I think early on, if we'd known this was coming uh, to this degree, we could have had more um, employees, persons in, you know, ready on the ground to mobilize instead of trying to hire remotely or doing that type of thing. Yeah, I, I agree with Edwina. I mean, the things that were challenging and we wish we knew a year ago, I feel like we wish we knew now, right? And all those things she said, you know, on some level there it's, and I've, to me at least the pandemic has sort of brought this forward, which is in some ways you don't separate your personal and your work life. Um, they are so intertwined even more now than before. And um, you know, 
as if we, if we struggle personally because our dog died, we struggle with our work that day too. And, you know, those struggles magnified. If we knew a year ago, in a year we'll have a vaccine, would, would we have been able to cope better? I don't know. I mean, I think maybe, right? Um, and, and still now we're asking the question, well, when are we going to be able to get back together again? When can I... When can I give my mom a hug? You know, like all that stuff that we're just sort of uh, still sort of dealing with. So, and many of our members, while not for my myself and my home, have had to um, do their work with children at home. Um, one of my team members is like that and has two children at home. So I, you know, try to keep that in mind that that is very much you know a whole different realm of work for that person yeah i think from from my point had i known that that we would be remote for so long i probably not probably i would have um tried harder and done more to to incorporate the people who are new to the team who joined us after the pandemic to do more personal things for them to help them feel included do you know i kept thinking Oh, well, we hired this person in the summer. Well, we'll be back in the fall. So it's just like two months, probably, that work from home. So whatever. And then, oh, yeah, Christmas time. Oh, yeah, January. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And now this person's been with us. These folks have been with us for five months, six months, eight months. Never seen their coworkers in person. Um, and... And so now sometimes I'm like, oh, it's probably too late. <laughs> I should have, I should have done some more before, but yeah, what that looks like, I don't know because the technologies are different now, even than they were. Um, you know, we talked a lot about having coffee breaks because we miss that. We miss running into someone when they're in the kitchen, random person that you don't usually talk to, but I see you in the kitchen. So we chat for five minutes. So I still don't really know how you do that remotely, um, those serendipitous check-ins, right? You have to schedule everything, really, unless you just went down the list and said, I'm going to call you. No one's going to do that. That's just awkward. So, um, yeah, I think that's something I, I would have liked to have known that we were going to be remote for 15 months or 18 months or however long this turns out. At least, like, we would not have packed our boxes to our new building. <laughs> I think we spent about a week or two just packing all our stuff into new boxes saying, there's that building that we're going to. And then the boxes went, we came back and We home. never went. I know, we never went with them. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Did I pack any food in those boxes? <laughs> we never. did. We had snacks. because we're gathering critters now. Yeah, Christy, you, um, you probably didn't see this in the old building, but we always had a snack table. And so that the people that were working late or students or you forgot your lunch, you can go grab a granola bar and some chips and call that lunch. So, yeah, we left. I mean, I think I just gone to Sam's Club like a couple weeks before this all happened. And so, yeah, I mean, all that stuff just seems to be pitched. But I'm with you, Edwina. I'm hoping that the critters haven't been having some lunch on us. For sure. <laughs> All right, any other thoughts you all want to share about 
working remotely, working in COVID, being with the team? I think one of the, um, I don't want to end on a negative note, but one of the lower points to me was especially to, um, with our team doing the projections and um, I enjoyed listening to those weekly that were out, you know, side of my realm of grant work itself, but hearing about the work that was being on the ground and submitted with, um, it was sad to hear about, you know, the number of death, deaths and hospitalizations as they grew. That was hard to, uh, and then of course you saw it in the news. Uh, that's also made it a focus that it, it was hard to overcome, but yet also gave you energy to do what you're doing to improve that. Yeah, we've, Trini and I have talked with some other researchers about that, the challenges of, you, you don't wanna personalize the numbers too much because then it's hard to work because every single piece of data is a human being. That's someone's dad, daughter, grandma, whoever. But, on, but at the same time, if you just look at the numbers and you forget the human component, I mean, that's no way to, to do it too, right? You can't just completely shut it down. So uh, it's this dualism that, that we have to deal with and the researchers especially. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, maybe we can end, end on a high note. Like what are some things that, like the high points that you would uh, fondly look back or like something that you felt proud of over the last year? And even it could be a small, yeah. Even personal. Yeah. Like Edwina, babies, grandbabies. Oh, yes. One uh, new granddaughter to the family in June and another grandson on the way here in April. So uh, it makes you appreciate very much the time that you have with friends, family, colleagues, uh, much more than probably you ever used to. For sure. How about you, Christy? Uh, my daughter has had a successful in-person kindergarten year. And for that, I am super grateful. <laughs> ah, seriously. Yeah, they have been super impressive with uh, all the, you know, doing all the right things and transparency. And, you know, I'm not, it would have been a real challenge, virtual kindergarten. Yes. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, so I'm super grateful. I feel like that's a, that's a win. Um, and, and I said to my husband the other day, I said, you know, I am going to count getting through 2021 as a victory, right? Like when we complete 2021, I will say we did a really great job, no matter how that sort of like whatever goals we can check off or say, I did this. You know, the fact that we will, we will have successfully made it through 2021 is the, is the achievement. Yes. <laughs> I agree. The bar is like pretty low, <laughs> pretty low and that's okay. Um, so what about you, Erin? Yeah. So, so I'll brag on, on my daughter a little bit. She, um, this is her senior year of high school, which has been a terrible year to have a senior year of high school. Um, there's no football games, there's no prom, there's no any of that. But um, she got accepted into her first choice college uh, to Cornell Engineering. 
And that was a huge high point um, that we all kind of shared in because, you know, you got to take the, you got to take the happiness where it comes, right? And uh, yes, that was, the whole fall was such a pins and needles for her of everything. How is it all going to work? How is, how is everything? I mean, we talked so much about college admissions the whole fall semester. So to have that done and have her know. Um, yes, that was exciting. In the work front, my high point comes every time I do a check-in with members of our team, really, because we don't talk about work. Uh, and I just love when I haven't, we haven't, we didn't do check, we did check-ins in December and then we kind of didn't do them in January. We didn't do them until early February. And I missed everyone so much. And so it was so awesome. Like the Zoom, they would pop their face would pop in and be like, ah, it's Shrini. Not for me though. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> 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 it was fun. Yes. Yeah, those are always my high points is seeing my team. All right. Um, thank you so much for joining us. It's it's awesome to it's awesome to know that this team really values the 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 backstage administrative people as much as they value the researchers. I mean, really, this is not a group of prima donnas who think the research people, you know, the admin support is over here to take care of us backstage. Um, I feel very celebrated and uh, I'm, I'm glad to have you ladies in the in the background with me for sure. We're also a good team. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. All right, that's it for this episode of COVID Chasers. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, go to our website, biocomplexity.virginia.edu forward slash NSSAC, NSAC. Or follow us on Twitter at UVA underscore NSAC. Stay safe and see you next time.